Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about the shortage of real estate. The obvious question is that if the population has not been growing significantly and immigration has been curtailed significantly as a result of the pandemic, then why do we have a housing shortage in such a big way across the United States, Canada, so many countries? The fact is, we've seen migration has produced some of that shortage. There are surpluses in a few areas like New York City, San Francisco, Seattle, but migration combined with a small number of people listing their properties has created real estate gridlock. Unless people list their homes for resale, there's simply not that many homes available for purchase in the market. While there are not that many distressed properties in the owner-occupied market, at least at this point, many of the properties that had their loans in forbearance have managed to exit their forbearance agreements and get back into good standing. The real story to watch is the nearly 8 million rental properties where the tenants are seriously delinquent and their landlords have not been able to collect rent, nor have they been able to evict. Some of those properties are a ticking time bomb, and they need to be factored into the housing equation. So far, that hasn't really happened. They're being artificially held off the market as a result of the moratorium on evictions. The gridlock in the single-family home market is such that demand exceeds supply in many markets. On a national basis, real estate sales for single-family homes and condos jumped 9.1% in February compared with 2020. Home prices are up 16.2% on a national basis year-over-year, the same time that inventories are at historic lows across the U.S. and Canada. Normally, when that happens, construction activity ramps up, but we've actually seen a drop in construction activity since the start of the year. New home construction has been hovering around 1 million units a year for much of the past decade. The entire construction industry shrunk in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis. If you go back to 2006, the construction industry in the U.S. was producing over 2 million homes a year. The current construction industry simply doesn't have that capacity. Supply chain disruptions during the pandemic have pushed construction prices up. Hard construction costs for wood frame construction are up 11.4% compared with this time last year. Oddly, there's a surplus of trees available for softwood lumber, but a shortage of finished construction lumber. The tree growers are getting near historic lows for their trees, and the lumber mills are getting near historic high prices for their cut kiln-dried lumber, nearly triple the price compared with this time last year. The biggest driver of demand is the number of new millennial buyers. There's now over 45 million people in the 30 to 39 year age range. This is part of the so-called echo boom generation. The age of the first-time buyers keeps increasing and now sits at 33 years of age. That's two years older than in the previous generation. Over the next five years, the number of people entering that age group is expected to grow to nearly 47 million people. And during the pandemic, housing formation actually declined by close to 1 million units across the United States. People moved in with other family members. We had, gosh, over half a million people died as a result of covid so the excess mortality rate certainly would have reduced the number of households. But as the economy restarts, people are expected to take advantage of the economic recovery. They'll move to get a job, and they'll move into a new property to start a family. There's an expectation of a $2.5 million new household formation in each of the next two years. And that's going to place a lot of pressure on housing stock. There will be downward pressure on vacancies. The expected uptick in immigration, including foreign students, will put additional pressure on demand for housing. 
university applications are up compared with last year. Many colleges have eliminated the SAT as a requirement for admission. 2022 is looking like a really strong year for university enrollment. And since many students apply for more than one university, it's difficult to actually determine true enrollment numbers simply based on the number of applicants. Acceptance at a school doesn't necessarily translate into enrollment. Now, the folks at Goldman Sachs have predicted a stunning 8.1% increase in GDP for 2021 this year in the U.S. This could be the largest economic spike since 1951. Goldman is predicting that unemployment will fall to 4% and inflation will remain in check at 2.1%. Now, the Federal Reserve had a slightly more cautious forecast for this year. They're predicting a 6.5% growth in GDP, unemployment at 4.5%, and inflation at 2.4%. All of this suggests a boom in the housing market will continue for at least another two years. Key, of course, is interest rates. If interest rates rise too quickly, that will definitely have a dampening effect on the housing market. For the time being, we are remaining focused on supplying development land into residential subdivisions in areas of high demand, whether it's through the middle of the country and in several secondary markets. Population growth generally drives economic growth, and as the number of people being vaccinated, I expect we're going to see renewed demand for all forms of growth in the economy, whether it's travel, hospitality, new demand for housing and construction, and continued strong performance of most residential real estate assets. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. Talk to you again tomorrow.